Life's busy. Take this deck. There's heaps to do on it. Like, um, polishing off this wine. That's tough. Life's pretty good with a Trex deck. Composite decking with no hard maintenance. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. Off the Bench with Paul Hazelby and Rob Beaver. Yes, hello and welcome to another edition of Off the Bench. Rob Beaver and Paul Hazelby with you wherever you are listening in the wonderful state of Western Australia. Paul Hazelby, I missed you last week, Hayes. I really did that beautiful face first thing on a Saturday morning. Welcome. Yeah, welcome to you, Beaver. Great to have you back. And uh, we had a three-day absence of footy, but it's back on and uh, can't wait for the rest of Indigenous Round. What a fantastic concept it has been for the AFL, the NRL, and most sports now pay homage to our Indigenous friends and have done a really good job with it. And I just can't wait to see the Fremantle Dockers taking on the Sydney Swans later on tonight in a big game for the West Coast Eagles. I give the Giants a chance, Beaver, to bounce back against the Eagles. I don't know how I feel about that. Let's get into this. The Dig. Dial before you dig. The essential first step. Yes, don't dig yourself into a hole. Lodge a free dial before you dig. Inquiry Hayes, talk me through it. I haven't been here for a week. What's been getting up your goat? I've got two, Beaver, that have frustrated me throughout the week. And the first one is the consistent racist abuse towards our Indigenous sports stars. The last one is Elijah Taylor, who made a poor decision last week in relation to the COVID breach, not only breaching the AFL rules, but also the state rules as well. And he'll pay the price for that. He's going to miss the remainder of the season. But there is no place in footy for consistent or any race racist commentary to come online. And I think it's not only about those individuals that are making those decisions to do that. It's about the social media platforms. They need to have better guidelines in place. And it is really disappointing that this continues to happen. And my second one is about all of the commentary in the media with Mitch Robinson. Now, those that don't know, Mitch Robinson's a Brisbane Lions player. He played 200 games a couple of weeks ago. But he was talking about Tom Lynch and some of those actions against Sam Collins with the hit to the midriff of Sam Collins. And this is what he had to say on social media. He went to a good team to get success. That's what he did. He went to a premiership team and he thinks he's that good. He just does my head in. He's a swear word. I won't say the swear word, but that's the only mistake I believe that Mitch Robinson has made. Now, in the media, we want these guys to be forthright with their opinion and honest. He was honest on this occasion, Mitch Robinson. And then you see all the feedback from all the journalists out there saying, oh, this is not good. It's going to give more motivation to Richmond the next time they play. Well, I would have thought motivation is enough that if they play again this year, it's in the finals. These comments will have no bearing on the outcome. He's entitled to say those comments. He's got to wear the backlash that comes with it. But I just think as an industry, we get go too far when we want our players to be normal human beings and have a bit of life about them. He doesn't like the guy. That is fair enough for mine. No, the media is the ultimate hypocrite. Mm. And we obviously are part of the media, oh. so we're partly to blame. But the ultimate hypocrite in the sense that we go, we don't want robotic answers. But then as soon as someone steps out of line, it's such a big deal. It's overblown. Uh, the headlines are all written. Things are taken out of context. And you can see why players don't trust mm. the media. But the media perpetuate their own reality. And that's part of the problem. Uh, I love it. I love that for Mitch. I don't care. As far as I'm concerned, you you should be able to go out. And if you want to swear on your own, on your own platforms, mind you, I know that people say you're a representative of the club and all those types of things. But... Let them do that. What is some of the best things about sport that I love, which is the NBA? You get people that come out and go, 
yeah, he's no good. He's a crab. I'm better than him. Yep. I'm, that's part of the beef. And then when these teams meet in the playoffs or the finals, whatever you want to call it, that's where these other storylines lie. So we sit here, we go, we want these players to be non-robotic. Mitch Robinson comes out and says something like this. We hammer him, we persecute him for it. And then in eight weeks' time when they meet in the finals, we talk it up as the greatest headline ever. We, we run this constant double standard and it frustrates me to no end. We talk it up, don't they, when they play again, but it has no bearing on no. the next result. No. Because if you're thinking about that, if that's motivating, then you're playing the game for the wrong reasons. And I think next time they play, both teams will have equal opportunity to win that game. No, and I think Richmond's the better team, and I think Mitch knows that. So anything that he can do to try and get mm. Tommy off his game, fantastic. But, yeah, the media, we're, we're part of the problem, Hayes. We need to look at that and fix it. Loved your digs. Die before you dig the essential first step. We'll be back with John Longmire, coach of the Sydney Swans after this. Off the Bench with Paul Hazelby and Rob Beaver. Welcome back to Off the Bench on your Saturday morning here. Rob Beaver, Paul Hazelby with you, of course. Uh, earlier in the week, uh, Carl Langdon and yourself, Paul, were lucky enough to catch up with John Longmire from the Sydney Football Club. Here's what he had to say about their upcoming match against the Fremantle Dockers. Johnny, welcome, mate. How are you, buddy? All right, Carl. G'day, Paul. Uh, I've just got to take you back to last Thursday, mate. I was there calling that game, and it must have been nice to flog your cross-town rivals here in Perth. Your boys played really well. Yeah, they were terrific. It, um, yeah, we had a few young blokes that got a really good taste of what it's like in playing in a derby for the first time, and strange circumstances over here in Perth. But, um, yeah, we, we um, probably, you know, for the first time in quite a while, were able to put the four quarters together and, uh, and then ended up with a really strong win. They take a bit of time, don't they, some of those kids, and they have their challenges, and Nick Blakey's had his challenges this year, out of the team, back in the team. Slightly different role, I thought, further up the ground with a bit of freedom. Certainly paid off. He played his best game, and he is going to be a star. Yeah, we uh, we understand that um, everyone comes along at different stages, and the same thing, we did the same thing with Nick last year. Um, played him, and then he went, went and had a worked on a few things and then came back in the team, and um, he's done the same thing again this year. He's obviously... He's found it difficult in the first part of the year with injuries to our key forwards, and uh, he's been largely almost our, our key position forward, and he's not physically ready for that just yet. So um, since, um, obviously, McCartan's come back in the team, Reed's been come back in the team, it's added a bit more flexibility in what we can do with Nick and his role, and, um, and playing him up the ground certainly been better for him. We had a debate yesterday, Carl and I, about where he'll end up as a player. Where do you think he'll end up, as a, as a key forward or through the midfield, like a potential Nathan Fife? Yeah, look, I don't know whether he'll end up being a, a key forward. I, you know, he's, he's 190 or 6, 197 Five. centimetres. Oh, so he's actually uh, he's tall. Yeah, he's, he's, yeah. he's one, at least 196, 197. So he's yeah. he's tall, but he's very he's very light. And, um, and so the traditional sort of big centre-half forward type body. I'm not sure whether he'll feel into that frame, even though this is only his second year. So I, I've seen playing a little bit higher up the ground and, um, you know, whether it's a high half forward wing or as he was a bit more in the weekend, through the middle of the ground, with his, he gives you something different through the centre and um, his long wingspan and his quick feet and his beautiful kicking sort of like to be able to keep developing that if we can. All of these young blokes you've got coming through. Now, I know Jordan Dawson's a little bit older at 23, but when you look at Robottom and Bell and Stevens, Wicksfoot, McCartan, you know, they're all 18, 19, 20, 21 years of age. Of of that group, are you, are you, are you confident that they can take you to where you want to be? I mean, are you thinking that these blokes are, are players that can carve out long-term careers? 
Well, you've, you've sort of, yeah. I guess the main part of the, the, that is the, even the ones in the next group up, Haywood and Florent and, and those guys, mm. um, Heaney, Mills, um, that, you know, we're, we're really confident in that younger group, but you, you, they've still got a bit to learn. And, um, and we're not going to be uh, the same every week. We're not going to have games like that every week. We'd love to. That's the aim. But you're not going to be like that. So we're finding out a bit more about them. We've got um, some significant injuries. So that's provided these opportunities for, for those young blokes to come in and, and stamp their, themselves on the, ground, on the game. And so far, they've been pretty good. So now we like what we've seen. I've always been confident in our younger group, but we've still got a long way to go. Jordan Horse. Dawson's a bloke that I uh, sorry Hayes, but Jordan Dawson's a bloke that I, I love um, the left foot leg he's got on him horse. I mean that mm. shot that he had, a uh, little handball from outside fifty went through no worries. Yeah, Zach Foot. I think it was his first time he he, he marked the ball yeah. and in his first game and went back and uh, rather than have the shot he handballed it to Jordan. Jordan's a beautiful kick. Um, yeah, he's he's played um, all over the place for us. He's played defence, uh, midfield through the wing and forward. And he's one of those blokes you can throw anywhere and he has an impact. So, you know, very valuable to be able to add that flexibility to our team. And we feel like we're starting to do that a bit more now and have a bit more, um, you know, a few more variables to our, to our playing group, which is really important. John Longmeister is with us here on Off the Bench after the break. Stay with us. Off the Bench with Paul Hazelby and Rob Beaver. Welcome back to Off the Bench. Continuing Paul Hazelby and Carl Langer's chat with John Longmire from earlier in the week. He talks about everything, uh, including their upcoming match against the Fremantle Dockers, Hayes. You're going to be tested with a big injury to Dane Rampey, but how much do you love this guy? You probably don't know this story, but before you drafted him, uh, we were looking at him when I was coaching South Romano, and we rang him up and said, we'd love you to come over here, and he said to us, oh, we'll just wait and see what happens at the draft. Of course, he goes to Sydney, and he's turned into an absolute champion of a player. Had he come to uh, South Fremantle Horse, I reckon I might have been a premiership coach down there with how good he is, but he's just a tough cat and just gets it done every week. I didn't know that story, actually. I, um, uh, he was playing for Sydney yeah. University, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, he was, and he, he missed four drafts. And mm. um, he'd been down to Melbourne and tried his hand at the Bulldogs and the Western Bulldogs and, 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 and didn't get picked up and came back up here with um, really the expectation that his AFL career might be just about done. And and uh, we invited him down for a, for a 3K time trial, and he blitzed it. And it sort of sat us back and thought, geez, this, this bike can run. And uh, and then we got a pretty quick indication that he's a massive competitor. And that's actually his biggest strength. And so I, I, I can't speak more highly of him. As a player, um, he's one of the best defenders in the competition, in my view. It has been for a long time. He can play on talls and smalls uh, any, any day of the week. And um, he's tough as hell. And he's just a great leader as well. So... Uh, he's got great empathy, um, and I really admire the way he goes about his business. So we'll, we'll definitely miss him. We put him on the plane today, and he's gone back to to Sydney, and and um, we, unfortunately we won't have him for the rest of the year. And he's even good at climbing those goalposts when he uh, gets the opportunity to do that. But <laughs> yeah. he shouldn't be doing that every week. But uh, a serious yeah. note today, Elijah Taylor, of course, going into Indigenous round. We know the ramifications from the fallout with uh, the COVID breaches, but not good enough today. Are you happy with what the AFL is doing, but also our governments as well around the world to shut down a lot of this nuisance going on with social media? Because you've been through this before and it's not acceptable. No, it's not. And and, um, we'd like to see 
um, it explored further as a football club. Obviously, we've we've had some experience with this in the past, and and um, and so we'd like to be able to see what else can be done. Um, we just think it, you know the people sitting in behind their keyboards are absolute cowards as with some of the things that they say, and they should be held accountable to it, and um, and they should be. Um, facing the full force of the law if the law is not good enough well let's change it and that's what we believe as a football club and it's just not acceptable in this day and age to be sitting there behind a keyboard and spewing that sort of filth the first thing is john is that we have to make it mandatory that people set up these accounts with a real name and a real address and a real contact number because unfortunately at the moment that's not the case and people can get mm. on there with aliases they can give fake email addresses and they can get away with what they like and it's not good enough so that part has to change mate let's get back onto the footy because of course you've got another big game coming up this weekend the Frio Dockers mate they like you have had to turn the wheel and introduce some young blokes they had their hand forced mm. with all the injuries they've had and like you mate they've been playing some really good footy yeah, we, we really like the way they're going about it. We've um, we've been watching them closely for a number of weeks now. We've um, you know come up against opposition that have that have played them in the past, so we've seen a lot of them, and and they're going really well. Jeez, um, their midfield's been fantastic. Um, young midfield, uh, they've got some really good players in that midfield area. You know, with Sarong added there this year again, and and um, and their defence has been super. Um, even though they've had some injuries to some key defenders, they've, you know, they've got some really good players, and they're playing a really good brand of footy. You know, they've, they've been fantastic, so they were really stiff last week, obviously. Um, so, yeah, we're really looking forward to the contest. Two young teams, and it should be an interesting contest. And playing for a trophy at Fremantle. We love our trophies. We're still driving for the big one, but uh, the Marne Grook Trophy this weekend and also the best on ground will receive the Goods O'Loughlin Medal. It's such an important message this week for everybody, but your club and Fremantle, both with great Indigenous histories. Yeah, absolutely. Both clubs have a, have a wonderful history of having some of the best Indigenous players in the game and, and still do. And and I think both clubs on the weekend will take, take pride in playing this game and, and both both uh, Indigenous players that will be involved in both teams will be really looking forward to it. I know that they always do, so we can't wait. John Longmire there. Stay with us on the other side of this break here on Off the Bench. We'll take you through our waffle update as well as our sports wrap thanks to Auto One. Off the Bench with Paul Hazelby and Rob Beaver. Welcome back to Off the Bench. Great to hear from John Longmire, of course, ahead of the Swans game against the Fremantle Dockers. But, hey, it's time to get into our waffle update for Kia with Australia's best seven-year Factory warranty now looking at some of the results from last weekend. South Fremantle, too good for Swan Districts, a 20-point win there. Subiaco, they needed a win. It came against Peel Thunder. I'm not sure how much confidence it inspires, but nonetheless, a win for the Lions. Perth, they were unlucky in a very tight game to go down to the Falcons, 12-11 to 13-12. Those two teams, Hayes, I know you've said it previously, likely to be fighting for that final spot in finals in the Waffle. And then East Perth, they go down to Claremont pretty convincingly as well. Any shockers there for you? No, not really. West Perth now only need one more win and they play finals footy. So it looks like it's going to come down to Subiaco or Perth for that final spot. So can't wait for that game to be played. Hayden Sloyth, another big game. I think he's got three best on grounds. And we're talking about the Sandover medal. He's already got one. He's a proven vote getter, but he's back to his very best and he's kicking a number of goals. So South Fremantle, they're doing it pretty well right now, but a big watch on Subiaco. 
Subi and Perth as we run home. Quick tips for this weekend's waffle action. Subiaco and East Perth lines Subiaco, for me. yes. Swan Districts and Peel, the Black Ducks. Yeah, the Black Ducks will get their first win. Claremont and Perth. I'm going to tip Claremont. This could be a good game, though. Yeah, Claremont for me. And West Perth, East Fremantle will go the Falcons. Falcons Almost will get that win and a, they will play finals footy. Almost a clean weekend this weekend. That was our waffle update. Thanks to Kia. Kia offers value you can trust in Australia's best seven-year warranty across the entire Kia range. Let's get into our sports wrap for Auto One. Get Dad something he'll love this Father's Day at Auto One. Hayes, what have you got for us? I just wanted to go through the season stat leaders in the AFL. Disposals, any surprise here? It's Lockie Neal, 345 marks. It's Nick Haynes from the Giants. He's a super player. He's got 83. Contested possessions, Lockie Neal again, 156. The clearances, that man, Patrick Cripps, we saw him live here at Optus Stadium last week. He was critical to getting Carlton back into that game. Inside 50s, Patrick Dangerfield's having another good season. He explodes from the contest and he kicks the ball inside the forward 50 many more times than anybody else in the comp. 58, Tom Hawkins back to career best form. He's got 30 goals. Contested marks is the beast from Port Adelaide. Charlie Dixon with 35. And the tackles, Hugh Greenwood. 86. He's probably been the recruit of the season from another team alongside Daniel Butler at St Kilda. Mm, absolutely. Been no, very, very true. Hey, just quickly on that, where do you, you think a team like Port Adelaide is? Because we saw them uh, beat Richmond, which we all thought, yep, this team's for real. And then they come out and laid an absolute goose egg against a team like Geelong. Charlie Dixon and Tom Hawkins, that matchup was proclaimed, I suppose, as that big key forwards thing. And one, Tom Hawkins absolutely excelled by Charlie Dixon, was almost a non-factor on the night. Where do you think Porter at? They will fight back. They just didn't get that matchup right against Tom Hawkins. They've got the best percentage in the competition, 127. So that shows me across 12 games, they have got enough weaponry and they've got a good game plan that stacks up. I think they just had an off night. And sometimes when you have that big win against a big team like Richmond, you just think, yep, we're there, but in this game, you've got to be 100% switched on against all opponents. I didn't think they were, and they'll fight back. I still think they can maybe get a final at home, and they can go a long way. Looking forward to your company next week on Off The Bench. That's all we've got time for today. Hayes, appreciate your efforts. Looking forward to it again next week. Now, I won't be here next week either, Hayes, just to let you know. I won't be here. I'll be up in a beautiful part of the world, up in Shark Bay or Denham, just south of Monkey Mile. Looking forward to getting some rays up there. But Andrew Murdoch, he will be with you next week. I'll see you in a fortnight. Hayes, will see you next week. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semi finals, all thanks to McDonald's. Mackers, together and loving it. TNCs apply.